Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, we were very happy in Dear Ann. My wife is working out of this senior woman here at She thinks way too much. She had to get married. Dear Pod. Um, I've had a weird week this week. Weird week. Why? Because it's 112 degrees and it smells like rotting flesh on the street? Oh, no, that I'm actually used to. Oh. That's called Tuesday. I started the week by fainting. Right. Speaking of 110 degrees. So uh, I dehydrated extremely. I Like I'm already, my blood pressure on an average day is 90 over 60. So already I'm barely living. Mm. I have one pint of blood and it moves slowly from piece to piece of my body. It's like a timeshare. I don't think that's how it's supposed to work. I don't think so either, but I'm not the average body. Okay. I'm I'm dead inside. So I dehydrated, and when that happens, I guess your blood pressure plummets. And I passed out on the bathroom floor. And at this point now, my husband knows so you're that like it's a, a pass out. Starlet. Yes, except without all the cocaine and syringes. You're like Brittany Murphy. Well, I feel like I die when I pass out. I go extreme. I go hardcore. And here's the thing. out of And I, I pass out a lot. But of the 100% of times that I have passed out, oh, yes, I do. I'm, it's horrifying. It's a family trait. I'd like to thank my mother for this. This is something I've inherited. Okay. But out of the 100% of times. Oh, yeah, I do. And they're just like, well, this is what it is. He told me to eat more salt. That was the answer. Oh, interesting. Since I know. Most so doctor, what doctor did you go to? Like the one in the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't know, but I had to go down an alleyway mm-hmm. and I had to give a, a like a, that seems- a secret handshake yeah. to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt legit. Yeah, that sounds good. <clears throat> so I pass out. And when I usually pass out, 60% of the time, I lose control of everything. Okay. Like- <laughs> and I think it's because every liquid in my body thinks this is it. This is the end. And it sends codes to the rest of my body. It's like, well... It's failing, everybody. Jump ship. Find a hole. Get your get out. Get out of the body. Uh, I don't know why we're sharing that. Like because people need to know well, that people, I have a problem, and it was that's not just messy. It was passed on to me from my mother before me, and when she's I, right here, I don't I know think she, she wants is. you to tell no, everybody. No, she needs to know that this is this is where it gets aired out this week. That is right, ladies right. and gentlemen. We have this week in our studio a live audience. The live audience is made up of my family members. Thank you! <laughs> they feel the exact same way that I feel about them. But we'll go into further detail on that. I feel like I need to talk right now about the issues that I get from my family with fainting. Oh, God. So Tony, when, when I woke up I from understand. this faint, though... I waited about an hour before I was like, maybe I should go to the ER. And as we're leaving the house, I, I guess I had broken into like a crazy sweat when I regained consciousness. And nobody told me this, being the husband. But I go to leave the house and my pants were soaking wet. And it was so matter of fact that I said to him, you know what? I think I peed my pants. I should probably go back in and change my clothes before we go to the ER. I can't tell if this is sweat or urine. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is marriage. When I got to the ER, they took my blood pressure and it was 70 over 42. And they looked at me. First of all, the machine flashed question marks. 
I don't think that's right. Exactly. And I said, is this a problem? She goes, well, I've never seen that before. I like to be the first, the first of anything. And then they rushed me into acute care where they pumped me full of three bags of fluid, which apparently we've heard from the family is not average. So I like to be above average. Three bags of fluid just to get me back to a base level How hydration. How were you there? <sighs> I was there long enough to hear the lady in the bed next to me go, oh, oh, blueberry muffin. Maybe she was hungry. I would say that's about three hours. Huh. Three to four hours is the average trip to the ER. That's mm. in our house and family. But yes, uh, I do get this from my mother. And hers was a pretty legendary faint. Actually, her faint was heard throughout the town. Oh, oh. I grew up in a small village. I guess. Like outside a of Boston. village? Yes. And, yeah. and the town crier ran up and down the street saying, Ellen McGuire has fainted. Let all ye hear. And, and what year was this? Uh, 18. I would say this was, yes, 1892. Good. It's a good year. It's it was a good, good year, year for, for, for Cabernet and fainting. Welcome to Dear Pod. I am your host, underrated new kid, Jordan Knight. And I am Sophia Loren. Welcome. And we're coming to you from the Maha'a Bar and the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? Oh, you may hear more than one hand clapping in the background, and that is the sound of my family. That's right. Because what happens when you come to visit me is that not only are you required to do work in the house... Yeah. In the fields of Pineapple Ranch, you are also required to sit and laugh at my face while I record something in the basement of my house. How has anything changed since I was five years old? When I got tap shoes and I asked my mother to come out on the street and watch me tap in the middle of the street and nobody thought that that was a bad idea. They just wanted you out of the house. <laughs> oh, I never liked you. They're like, where's that shirt that has Aaron on it? <laughs> They have always supported my insanity. I really hope that insanity. good humor truck likes kids. <laughs> and is, is driving quickly down the street. <laughs> and has a real strong bumper on the front. What I was did your cut favorite, his brakes. What was your favorite good humor the ice cream? The Rocket Pop. I didn't even need to finish that sentence. Rocket Pop. Um, I liked the ice cream that somebody thought was a good idea to put a gumball in the bottom. I think we talked about this before. It was you and me, because we heard an ice cream truck on the next... <laughs> We heard an ice cream truck about almost, five blocks away. When I almost and we, jumped the fence. We almost jumped the fence to get it. And I was like, I don't have cash on me. Do you have cash on you? I was like, that I got guy, cash. That guy has a chip witch in the back of his truck. You get that cash out right now. Wait. I need a rocket pop. What was It's the, called a screwball. A screwball. There it is. And you are what you eat. By the time that you got to that screwball, you probably knocked out all of your teeth because it was so frozen. It was frozen and it had inf the color had infected the ice cream around it. It's like an everlasting gobstopper but made out of uh, plaster and lead. How many kids lost teeth on an everlasting gobstopper? Please email us and let us know if you if you cracked a tooth on an everlasting gobstopper. If I you have anything to that. say to us, please email us. We have a new email address questions at dearpotofficial.com True. True. And don't forget also to follow us on all social media across the board, Dear Pod Official. All of it. All of it. And uh, we need to discuss the fact that you have 14,000 followers. And who the hell are you? Why do you have so many people? I'm just a girl who can't say no. Apparently. 
So follow him. An, and the worst part is, fix. what's so offensive to me is that your handle is impossible to understand. What is your handle? I don't know. See, exactly. Nobody knows. It's like P-E-O-B. Well, those are my initials. So. Oh, Patrick Edward O'Brien. But who the hell knows your middle name's Edward? I do. My mom does. Is she following you on Instagram? I mean, she had a hard time turning her TV on the other day, so I don't think so. Uh, my mother hasn't figured out Instagram yet. It's fine. And God help us all the day that she does, because I'm terrified. The fact that she figured out Facebook was a big thing, and it, it takes her a minute. I still get phone calls about it, which is, and um, if if somebody, if I write on someone else's picture, could everybody else see it? This voice that you do of your mother is is accurate. Is not accurate. You, she's here in the room. Can I, you just say hello to the people? Hello to the people. See, listen to that. Accurate, on point. It's better than my impression of Bernadette Peters. Oh God, my aunt. My aunt gave Bernadette Peters her first job as a kid. As what? Uh, she hired her for commercials. Oh, I totally thought you were going to be like, ice cream scoop, girl. No. <laughs> no. I gave her the first job at the soda pop shop. She hated her mother and she hated her. According to my Bernadette aunt. Peters hated everybody who was older than her. My aunt did not like her. And then she was like, I hate old people, so I'm going to inject the blood of innocent children into my face starting now. She has never aged. No, she's. Like Is anybody little- creeped out by that? I mean, I'm I'm not like the biggest Bernadette fan. I mean, I like her. Well, you've also shot some marshmallow in your face this past week, so no what? judgment. Excuse me? <laughs> Look, uh, far be it from me. I am a fan of the Botox. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm outing do. you right now on the poll. Certain, oh, okay. Oh. This is going to go so, well. So uh, I just want to say for the record, because we have family here, we decided to make this week's theme about... Family. That is right. We have a studio audience today for the the topic of family. Family, you love them, you tolerate them. And in the case of the Sonny Bean family, you eat them. Oh. Yes. I found a cannibal family when I was looking up families this week. I think your making love partner has something to say. Why do you say things like that? That is the most disgusting. My mother is in the room and you're horrible. How do you think you got here? That's this is this is a very this topic this You're week welcome. is going to be very You're clean. Welcome. This room is going to be clean. You drop an <laughs> f bomb, and my mother is going to spank you. Oh. It is what it is. You are horrifying. That's fine. Um, then why don't you go first this week with the family? Th- oh, anybody who doesn't know, we're a comedy advice podcast. Yes, that's right. We read old advice columns from Anne and Abby to you, and um, you know what. I want to say congratulations to you, Patrick, because in case you didn't know, we are now ranked number 1,245 on the Apple Podcast Comedy Chart in the United States of America. Can I hear it for us? Yes, us. It's pretty that impressive. Is right. I don't like to brag, but I'm 1245. Anybody can be number one. But not everybody can be number 1245. <laughs> and... We are just rocketing to the top. So if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe so that we can get up to 1244. (laughs) I would appreciate that. Yes. Let's push us up even one level. I wonder who we're underneath. 
I think my mother actually has a podcast now that's probably rated higher. Number seven. It's laughing goat. Laughing goat is right above us. Is it really just a laughing goat? Yeah. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. Yeah, it's funny. So goats are pretty. Please funny. do what you need to do. Call your friends, your family. Make them listen to podcasts. If they can't figure out Apple Podcasts, then you know, sit them down, give them a little tutorial. Show and it to let us meet. I'll let you know next week if we beat Laughing Goat. Let's unseat the Laughing Goat. This is the goal. Wow. Step by step. Heart to Ooh, heart. Baby, gonna get to you, girl. Well, I was quoting Martika. It's a throwback. <sighs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Mar- Martika is my favorite. Martika. Martika. Okay. So we've got business to attend to. We've got family to talk about. We want to hear um, what advice column wisdom we have from Ann and Abby this week. So hit me. You want to go first? You just told me I was. So You're going you first. Because me. you know what? In family, I tell you what to do. This is some Sunday. <clears throat> it is, isn't it? Wake up. Good morning. Wow. So let me just really. Let me yell at you. Let me just backtrack. So we're starting early today. Yes. Early. Mm-hmm. Somehow I've managed to get through all my morning activities, get on the subway, mm-hmm. make it to beautiful Dunkin' Donuts in Penn State. Oh, barf. How is this place crowded all the time? On Penn a Station. Sunday morning, it, 9 a.m. You thought I thought they were giving something away on the train. Herpes. This, that's so what they're giving away on that train. I sat down. And there's a girl, I thought I was on like some kind of like undercover show. She just started, she must've been like 20 years old. She was talking about having sex last night. Ew, stop. I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm getting it hot. Was, it was the most uncomfortable, but like kind of just like this. Oh yeah. Completely uncircumcised. And everyone's oh! like, <laughs> I am, I am not even digesting my breakfast yet. And she kept going. He's like, yeah. And then he wanted to put a finger in my mouth. Then he started to choke me. And then he choked me really. I'm like, are we, what is happening? (laughs) This is breakfast time. Everyone should shut the fuck up and be on the train like a normal person. Wait, you know what's happening And she's on the phone. (gasps) Of course. She's not talking to anyone next to her. She's on the phone. Wouldn't it be great if you looked at the phone and it wasn't active? Like she wasn't even talking to anybody on the phone. Or if you looked at her phone and she was talking to her mom. (laughs) Yeah, so he choked me just like dad, you know. Oh. He kind of choked me really hard, though. I don't know. And then he shoved both of his fingers in my mouth. And then just went on and on and on. And I was like, if it wasn't a crowded train, I would move to the toilet. And the worst part is, do you look at the passengers around and like, there's no facial none, expressions. None whatsoever. We're so beaten down by this city and its antics that nothing surprises you anymore. Correct. Uh, like, stunning. I saw, well, I've seen a lot of things on New Jersey Transit, but there was a guy who... Uh, was playing his music or, you know, just the general people who like to listen to or talk on their phone on speakerphone now. And nobody uses headphones for anything. Everybody just plays whatever they want. they hold it like like 10 inches away from their head. What are we having for dinner? (laughs) It's never something that simple. Is the pustule exploding? Like. I put a warm compress on it. Is there a lot of blood in the toilet or is it just a little bit? Does your urine smell like almonds? <laughs> Doctor, can you please put your headset on? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. She's still breastfeeding. He's 17. Yeah, it hurts a little bit when he bites, but. He's a priest. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
That's some thick holy water. Uh, Too soon? Never. I mean, it's only 10.22 oh, in the morning. Th- ew, that is disgusting. This guy was listening to his 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 phone or whatever, and a guy in a three-piece business suit just, just like looks very classy and refined, and he turns around and loses his mind on this guy, and he's like, <laughs> will you please shut the fuck up? And already this guy's louder than even what this guy's phone is, and he goes, excuse me, sir. But what makes you think I give a shit? And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. It's a good point. And everybody around them didn't have a facial expression. Nothing is happening around them. I'm completely desensitized to most things. No, the stuff that is happening on the streets of New York, if you saw that in Idaho, you might have a reaction. But I saw a woman stalking a pigeon with a huge butterfly net the other day, and I thought, hmm. New York. New York. If an alien spacecraft landed on my building, drilled a hole sucked me out, I would be like, meh. I'm over it. Another day. Yeah. What am I going to do? Like, what? Then you'd be like, how am I going to get to work by 9 a.m.? By the time I'm sucked up in that spaceship, I'm like, they totally put their couch in the wrong place. (laughs) You'd get up there and be like, oh, I left my cell phone at home. Oh, shit. Why why is all the furniture facing away from the windows, guys? This is ridiculous. Fix it. Is that a needle in my eye? Oh, this is going to hurt. It sure is. All it's right. not going to hurt as much as these articles, so hit me. Oh, my God. Chicago Tribune, Chicago, Illinois, July 26th, 1998. This is a stunning picture of Abigail Van Buren, by the way. Oh, we'll post it on the Instagram. Stunning. Dear Abby, a member of our family recently graduated from college. Finally. This woman is in her late 40s. For the past four years, she has spent all of her free time and money on studies when she should have been spending more time with her husband, children, grandchildren, and ailing parents. She stopped socializing with friends and occasionally missed family parties because she had, quote-unquote, work to do. She often visited with callers at at her door or on the porch because she put her studies before housekeeping, and boy... Was it ever obvious? Her house was an unholy mess. It's a good thing her husband is a patient man. Otherwise, he would have booted her out and found a real wife. Ew. During her last year of school, she lost she lost her 4.0 average when a family member became ill. She actually cried over it, even though her grades are never going to matter to anyone. Jesus. Now that she's a college graduate, she seems hurt that no one has made any fuss about it. When she offered tickets to a graduation ceremony, there was dead silence. Abby, do you think we should have made a big deal out of this? Out of what was no big deal? Sign this. Alice. In quotes, not my real name. (laughs) Thanks for for ironing that out, Alice. Alice. I was worried that I knew who the Alice was for a hot second. Uh, so bitch. she's a, the woman is a professional student who she's complaining about. The one of those people who likes to stay in college rather than or school rather than sort of go out into life. But who cares? What's her business? What's her relation to this chick again? Uh, Cousin? She's just a family member. Oh. So here's what Abby has to say. Oh, okay. Dear Alice. Uh, so just to recap. Do you think we should have made a big deal on about about this? Is the this? question? Yeah. yeah, dear Alice, 
Yes, you should have, and shame on you for not doing so. My congratulations to your relative who had the courage and determination to reach an admirable goal to enhance and enrich her life with knowledge. Furthermore, her accomplishment is all the more admirable considering the difficult obstacles she had to overcome, among them, a non-supportive family. Burned! Period. Well done, Abby. How do you not, when you're writing this letter, like... Do I sound like a bitch? Do I sound like an asshole? Do I sound like... Ah, you know what? I'm going to send it anyway. You know what? Just it's to fine. make sure. I, it's, Alice is in my real name anyway. Um, why does she care? I wonder what the relationship is. How, how messy was her house to begin with? And isn't it 1995? Why do we have this mentality? It's 1998. 98? Why? Do you, what is, it's not 62 where women have to stay in the home and... Well, they should. I know. And we should clearly shut up. Right. Thank you, Handmaid's Tale. You're welcome. Um, uh, yeah, what what business is it of hers if she's, like, missing out on these things? She's she, only 40. Yeah. I don't understand why this woman's living in a different time period, so I wonder who, if it was her daughter or something. I don't know. She, she was not specific about who this was. Oh, her late 40s. Well, so? Is it too late to go back to school? Well, if you're putting all that time and energy into school anyway, shouldn't you? Finish it? <laughs> yes. It. Well, it was kind of a joke in my family because my brother changed schools halfway through and my father was like, his class ring is going to be adjustable. Like the numbers, you're going to be able to scroll through them, you know? And I remember- We're going to lock. Well, finally, when he did graduate, so he switched like colleges halfway through and uh, my mother just wanted him to graduate. That was the big thing. So the the big graduation was at what is now the the TD Garden, it was the, the Boston Garden at the time. So a huge graduation, right? I remember Gorbachev was the speaker. I don't know why they were like, I know who's an inspirational speaker for this graduation. Did Gorbachev. I pass out? What? <laughs> you had a fever dream. You you dropped down to Where 70 over 42 and you dreamed that Gorbachev spoke. I'm in, I'm in New Jersey and Gorbachev. <laughs> and some girl has two fingers in her mouth. Uh Yes, yeah, so Gorbachev spoke, but also, by the way, the translator they, that they got was terrible, and he translated exactly. So it sounded like, here's the inspirational speech to a whole bunch of graduates at this university. Chicken, yellow, mailman, out into world, go good now. It was, he didn't convert like the verbs or whatever. <clears throat> and it was huge graduation totally packed Boston Garden. And my mother was very nervous. She just wanted him to graduate. He's been in school for a long time. Let's get this done. And, I, you know, in, in, a, in an arena of 10,000 people, how are you ever going to see anybody? So they had them proceed down the aisles on the side, and then they would receive their diploma, go up on stage, circle around, and then come back down the aisle in the center. Well, he happens to proceed on the aisle right in front of us. And the whole time she's screaming his name, she's going, Alan, Alan, and waving to him. And I was like, 10,000 people in an arena. He is not going to see you. Well, damned if he didn't look up and see her screaming in the arena. Acknowledges her, waves at her. He goes up to get his diploma. The guy goes to give it to him, hands it to him, looks at it, and takes it back. Because he had given him the wrong name at first. That was all it was. But in that millisecond, my mother thought he did not graduate. That in that been, millisecond. That so would have she, been the biggest. 
after fail. after like six or seven years in college, however long it was. So in that moment, this is what you hear in the arena. Ellen! Hi! Ellen! No! <laughs> <laughs> She screamed no when she saw the guy take the diploma away from him. In that moment, he did not graduate in her eyes, and he was still going to be in another 10 years of school. And everybody around us, everybody around us, another, well, an additional, I, everybody around us started, like stopped applauding and turned around and looked at my mother who screamed bloody murder like somebody was coming at her with an ax. And that's family right there. Could have been. That's a supportive family member who wants you to graduate. They want you to graduate. They sit there and they cheer for you. And they definitely shit their pants when they think that you're not about to graduate. I love the fact that this woman was writing this letter. And I bet she was like, I know who's going to agree with me. Abby is. And Abby's like, are you fucking kidding me? Don't be unsupportive. You know what? If she had written this to Ann Lander, she would have gotten the answer that she wanted. You know, Anne would have been like, I can't believe how tacky that is. Missing funerals for science papers. I don't think so, because these are two career gals on the go. You think Ann Landers has old school views, though? You got to be there. You got to be right. Except for this. Can I read you my Ann Landers? I'm okay. Oh, okay. Well, you can leave Have now. a good day. You can leave. Hmm. Where'd Patrick go? I don't know. When did he get that hollow leg? <laughs> Let's shit talk Mariah Carey while he's gone. Oh, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> oh, speaking. This is a perfect transition oh, from Mariah Carey. No. Are you ready for this one? From Detroit Free Press, July 1st, 1984. The title, Family of Hookers Gets No Respect. I don't. What's the segue from Mariah Carey? She's a hooker. Actually, her sister is. She's from a family of hookers. No, her sister is. She's from a family of hookers. Dear Ann Landers, our family name is Hooker. I have traced our ancestry back several generations, and it is a noble name. Tell me about it. All the hookers who are members of our family tree are fine people. The problem is that our name has become a synonym for prostitute. Our children are made fun of in school, and we get obscene phone calls. We have discontinued watching all TV shows that abuse our name in this manner. We have written to the editor of our paper and threatened to cancel our subscription if he does not stop using our name when he means prostitute. I am enclosing some clippings so you can see what we are going through. The headline on an AP story out of Lansing, Michigan. Put hookers to work shoveling snow was especially insulting. One from Africa was worse yet. It said Zimbabwe frees 3,000 women, some jailed wrongly as hookers. Will you help us in our crusade, Anne? Please don't print the name of our city. Just sign us, respectable hookers. Dear respectable, I hate to be pessimistic, but I see no hope for your crusade. The word hooker has become a part of the language. It appears in Webster's third new international dictionary as a synonym for prostitute. The Macmillan Dictionary of Historical Slang defines hooker as a harlot. In my attempt to track down the history of the word, I could only find one reference. Funk and Wagnall's new complete dictionary of the English language, 1977, said the usage derived from prostitutes who frequented Carlea's Hook, formerly a notorious waterfront district in Manhattan. 
I am sorry for all you nice hookers, but I am afraid you are stuck with this indignity indefinitely. Damn! I I'm love sorry that. for you nice hookers. I love the name. I love hooker. God. I wish I were a hooker. You are a hooker. Kind of. Mm. Hooker. Um, I, You're nothing but I a love hooker. that Anne did go the extra mile to do a little bit of back study on the, the historical significance she of the word She probably just asked hooker. one of her friends that she was out to lunch with. Please, why do they call you a hooker? Hey, Mariah, why do they call you a hooker? Is it because you can't walk two blocks to get to another stage, you lazy hooker? Is it is it because you have decades upon decades of hits and singles that you've written that were written by, by your... other people no. and v- barely no. performed? Now is that no. why you're a lazy mm. hooker? Mm-mm. Yes, Mm-mm. I I love I love wow. that this guy also is going on a crusade to clear his good name. He's gone out of his way to contact people and be like, wait, 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 wait. There's good hookers in the world. There are. There are. Uh, Pretty woman. She really wasn't a hooker. With a heart of gold. Yes, she was. She was a hooker. Can we call them hookers anymore? Why not? What are you going to call them? Street walkers? Sex workers is the big thing now. Street walkers. (laughs) (laughs) What a vintage term. Rent boy. They have rent boys? Look, high-end word is escorts. Escort. Yeah. Is that all you have to say about hookers? Is this? Is, are we ending at this? No. I mean, I like hookers. Did you ever watch HBO's Hooker Hookers on the Front? What is that? I love no. It so much when they follow hookers. What year? I, I don't know. In the eighties, it was fantastic. I feel like that would be a big eighties thing. Being a hooker. Yeah. Yeah. They had the right clothes for it. Of course they did. They were small, made out of pleather. Always pleather. Yeah. But I mean, some of the hookers, I mean, there's a, there's a probably, probably a gazillion hookers on the Upper East Side. They just wear different clothes. What about people who have the last name of something Hooker? like that? Yes. Like, what are some other last names that are, that are dicey? Oh, <laughs> where I went to school, there was a, a deli run by the Kuntz family. I'd like that. <laughs> that is a really dicey last name. K-U-N-T-Z. I may be a cunt and I will always be a cunt, (laughs) but I always give you the right change. (laughs) (laughs) They're in a waiting room at the doctor's office. Uh, Cunts, cunts, cunts party of two. (laughs) Cunts, you're up. Dyke, you're on deck. (laughs) Cockburn, you'll be after. (laughs) Cockburn, you'll be after Dyke. Hooker, let's go. These are dicey names. I guess. Would you ever change your name if it were like that? Or would well, you lean into your your My friend Betsy and I um we met in when we went to St. Norbert and I'm still friends with her now and she's amazing. And that we there was this guy that we went to school with. She's better friends with him than I am. And his last name was Hunt. Uh, already. <laughs> and I always thought his first name was Mike. And I'm like, I can't believe his family would name him his Mike. His name is Mike Hunt? Why would you do that to your child? And then Betsy would correct me every time. His name is Matt. 
Matt Hunt, not Stop. Mike Hunt. Stop <laughs> saying that. But because sometimes I'm so terrible with names. There's one girl in Manhattan that every time I see her, I always forget who she is. Always. And it never, I don't know how You have happens. a mental block against it. I, I understand. She, and every time she's like, I'm like, hey, I'm Patrick. Yeah. I'm Michelle. We've met. We do this all the time. Oh, I'm, like, I'm sorry you're so forgettable. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really sorry. I I assume that everyone forgets who I am and I automatically. I, this is amazing. But that with 14,000 followers, how can anybody forget your weird name? Yeah. O'Brien. What are you? What are you, Jewish? Cox <laughs> is so always a bad stupid. last name. People are so stupid. Oh, always. But people fillet my last name. Which shouldn't be that complicated. It isn't that complicated. No, but everybody does. They mess it up all the time. My my last name means son of the brown haired one. Mm. Jokes on them. I guess. That's never gonna see the light of day. No. As long as I have Carrot Top's hairstylist. You should never. be so lucky. Hey, we got another one? Hey! 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 We still have another article to get through. We have listener mail. We have a cocktail. We have so many things planned. I know how this goes. Oh, do you? So you don't have do to tell you? Me. Miss Carrie. You know what? If this is the one note that you keep hitting, I'm going to shit in your glass. Oh, promise. Here we go. Chicago Tribune, Chicago, Illinois. July 26th, 1998. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's the same one. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, but I don't pay attention. It's bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. My line, (laughs) bullshit, my line. Sure. Go on. Sure. It must have been that that tumble in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) The floor was so cool. Mm. So nice. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Dear Abby, I'm in the process of writing my autobiography, which will probably be distributed to my family after my death. Oh. I'm wondering how much I should include and whether whether, uh, confession serves any purpose now except my own need to confess. Mm. I am respected and loved by my children though they probably know I wasn't an angel in my younger years. During my marriage, I had an affair. I believe if I hadn't had the affair, I probably would have gotten a divorce. The man with whom I had the affair gave me the friendship, communication, and understanding I didn't receive from my husband, but we didn't hurt anyone. I know God has forgiven me, and I've grown spiritually in many ways since that time. I would hope that by revealing this, I might pass on the belief that no matter how rotten we are, if we repent, God will forgive us and we can be a worthwhile person. Should I reveal my past? Signed, Indecisive. Okay. Dear Indecisive, with apologies to the author of The Bridges of Madison County, I can see very little good that can come from disclosing to your children that you are an unfaithful wife whose husband behaved in a way that made her feel friendless, misunderstood, and alone. If God has forgiven you and you have forgiven yourself, keep your lips sealed, your pen capped, and take the secret with you to heaven. How do you know she's going to heaven? Well, clearly she's not. But also, Straight who do you down. think you are that you need to write an autobiography? Who is That's this my person? biggest takeaway from that. That's like that. if I wrote one. Who um, gives a shit? Yeah, who said that like Justin Bieber was writing his memoirs the other day? And I'm like, what? Who he's, cares? He's nine. What did you do? What do you have take a memory a of? You know? Yeah. You're like, I remember when I turned 13 last year. Who cares? Why are you writing an autobiography? I... I like that she's she's like, well, if I'm dead, then I'm going to give away everything horrible I've done throughout my life. Well, if she just had one affair, it's not like she was like, you know, playing human centipede in the basement. 
<laughs> Maybe it was a really great know. affair. Yeah. One single She's affair. She's like, I was hooked. I had my mouth sewn shut to my friend's anus for about That's a month and a half. My husband didn't even know. <laughs> Jules, get down here. Strap yourself to my face. Have a Big Mac and some rotten sour cream. <laughs> Anybody I'm want Reese's peanut butter cups? <laughs> Human centipede. Oh, Always comes back How to that. How good was this affair? How many chapters is it going to be in her book? And don't, do you really think the kids don't know at this point? I don't know. Or they're just going to be embarrassed. This is a good time for me to ask. Have you ever had an affair, mother? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm leaving. I have to go upstairs and check on your father. See, she didn't answer, though, did she? She didn't. Now it's awkward. Hmm. Dear Pod, my mother. No, it would be awesome, though. It, I will say, when what? she did, here's a fun, to bring it back around. When she fainted, one of her epic faints was in front of a movie theater in our hometown. What were they playing? Gary Oldman's Dracula. Okay. Dracula, just to give you a little bit of context. And, and what happened to her, what followed, really... <clears throat> um, should have happened to anybody who's seen Gary Oldman's Dracula. Never saw it. My mother was coming out of a flu. She was still on the back end of a flu, not feeling well. But my father wanted to go out for a date night of all the times when she's running like a 98-degree fever. Or, wait, that's that's normal. Wait, so she's running. <laughs> she is running for me, an 85-degree fever. She was at least 100. There we go. 100-degree fever works. So she's like, let's go out and see a movie. I want to get out. And it's the dead of winter, and they go to see Dracula. And she's still sick and she feels it happening. And we know when we're going to faint. We can tell you we're going to faint. And she's a career fainter and her body has the same reaction that mine does. So they're walking out of the movie theater and everything hits her. And she knows that she's going to faint. And she knows that the car is parked right outside. If we can just get to the car, I can faint in the car. Well, she goes out. The air hits her. She goes down like a ton of bricks in front of the movie theater. Now, if you're going to pass out in a very public place, somebody is going to call an ambulance. And so, of so. course, somebody did. But when she fainted, she, too, lost control of, <laughs> of everything. And all my father said was, like a real gentleman, I didn't want to be upwind of her, so I put my foot under her head so it wasn't in the snow. What a gentleman. And a scholar. So moments later... The ambulance comes. My mother's already mortified. She's come too. She sees her truck in front of her, just needs to go five feet. But at this point, it's too late. Ambulance shows up. They haul her into the ambulance. My father gets in a car and is going to meet her at the hospital. She gets in the ambulance and she's like, Paul, it was a guy that she had dated in high school. Oh, my God. Who was the EMT cutting her out of her poopy pants. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is it's horrible. So, but the best part is, yes, she goes through all the humiliation she gets there. They pump her full of fluids, the usual. They release her after she released herself. And the next day, my all my uncles were firemen in the town. My uncle comes in to work the next day after all this happens. And he goes, did anything happen? He says to the overnight shift guy, anything major happened last night? He goes, ah, no, some guy tried to kill himself and some lady shit herself. <laughs> And that's my family. Family are people who shit themselves. I mean, it happens. <laughs> I would not feel embarrassed. You know, this is why this makes a strong case for people to wear a cape. 
<laughs> All just of this of could have been avoided if you just, if had she had just worn a dirndl oh, skirt. Whip it around. And yeah. then no one would know what happened. Yeah, but I think the green cloud that was hovering over her was keeping her from from that. Even if you did have a cape, I don't think that you could avoid the unfortunate stench that accompanied Well, it. I do appreciate the fact that yeah. you're on the back end of having influenza and you decide to go into a sealed movie theater with innocent people innocent waiting to bystanders be to spray them. by it. She and had more you- faith in her intestinal fortitude. Than, than she did for the thoughts of the the poor people who were... But let's be thoughts honest, everybody who had seen Gary Oldman's Dracula walked out and said, that was a better show. Or what if they walked out and they're like, that was shit. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Or just walk past you like, amen, sister. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> You got that you, right. How would you review Gary Oldman's Dracula? Well, there's a woman who did it for me, and she's laying on the ground in front of the movie theater right now. Here she is. Covered in turd. It's <laughs> disgusting. So, are you, aren't you so happy to be here I'm right so now? so happy. <sighs> With my apologies to the author of The Bridges of Madison County. That was my, that was my, that was my favorite. That was your capper. It's like that was great. She's real smart, that Abigail. She is. She mine, got all the brains. Mine, she oh, did she out, though? She I must don't have know. came out first. They weren't oh they were twins. You're right. No, no. Anne came out first. Because mm. that's why she's hardened by life. She's been here longer. I've been here four minutes longer than my sister. I know something. Four minutes. I think it was four. I don't know. I need to Jeez. do some studying. I know I'm talking out of school right now. Probably. Um, four minutes? If I had something stuck inside me, two things, I'd want those things out like, right away. <laughs> if you had two fingers stuck in your mouth after you were on a New Jersey transit train. Uh, I'm <laughs> looking for my I next. Haven't? Oh, here we go. Okay, I found it. I was sifting. Thank God. I thought I closed it again. This is from the Paducah Sun. Paducah, Kentucky. February 5th, 1979. Oh, are we done? Just, oh, oh yes. I was moving on. I'm oh. sorry. I was sifting and I found it and I feel the I need. I was going to make a phone call. For forward motion. If, am I keeping you from no, anything? Fine. Okay, good. Do you want to leave at some point today? Uh, we could. Uh, I'm moving along. I'm fine. Paducah! Are you fine? We've checked in with my mother. Hey, Some, look, she's standing someone, in front of you now. So she's clearly gotten over it. Someone had to check on her. Are you okay, mother? Are you traumatized? <laughs> I, I just want to sit on top of So there you go. Now, are you ready for Paducah? Yeah. All right, here we go. Paducah? Paducah, Kentucky. Dear Ann Landers, speaking of family pictures, here's a goodie for you. When my brother was married, the bride's parents engaged a photographer to wander around and take random shots. After the brunch... The bride's family, sisters, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, all went into the side room with the photographer. My parents trailed along, only to have the bride's mother shut the door in their faces. She said, sorry, we're taking family pictures now. My folks were crushed. Their only son, and they were not included in a single wedding photo. Uh, As if that wasn't enough, the bride's parents invited them over a few months later to look at the wedding pictures. Was it spite? Was it selfishness? 
Was it thoughtlessness? Could anything be done to spare my parents' feeling at the time? Signed, Still Shocked. Dear Still, such crude behavior is outrageous. The best move would have been to phone a photographer on an emergency SOS basis and ask him to hurry over and take pictures of your side. Anne, engage an emergency photographer because they all exist. Like a crime, like a crime, like a crime scene photo. That's all I could think. There's been a death. There's about to be a death in the family. You're going to want to go come over and take some quick shots of this. An SOS emergency photographer. That was my biggest takeaway from this. What year is this? 1979. Oh. Then they come over like a flash pot. Cameras were not as small and simple as they are now. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) You are right. You are so current. You are on the money. You got your finger (laughs) on the pulse. I've barely got a pulse. I can't put my finger on it. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find a pulse. That's the Elmer's glue bottle. (laughs) The woman. It's the woman over there that looks like with the red yarn. (laughs) (laughs) With the gingham dress and the apron. Holding her brother's hand (laughs) with a permanent smile on her face and rosy red cheeks. (laughs) My God. I'm going to be Raggedy Ann for Halloween now. (laughs) You should. I know. My mom has a series of Raggedy Ann dolls in various stages of dismemberment. That's horrifying. Yeah. That is, that's the beginning of a horror movie. My sister won't let us throw things like that out. Dismemberment? Yeah. Was she the one that pulled off the arms? I don't know. Don't know. We don't know how they got decapitated, but. Let me tell you about this. Am I so, like, I'm the youngest of eight, uh-huh. so I've been to everybody's wedding. That's a lot of weddings. I'll say. It's kind of why I didn't really want to get married because I don't. You've already been through it. Yeah. Yes. So the photographer takes pictures and, like, I don't understand how this is a thing because the photographer has really nothing else to do. So he comes up with all these combinations of like the whole family, now just her family, now his family, now the now blended family. Now she should family. stand on her head and then right. you now should a form pyramid. a mount. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Put her <laughs> do, on one shoulder, do put one arm up. Yeah, put one arm down, put one fist inside, put two fists inside. Let's take it from behind. <laughs> put let's two fingers the in the mouth, That's put right. one hand around the neck. Right, let's mm. try to have an abortion. She's not pregnant. <laughs> I will just try it anyway. Let's see what happens. <laughs> He's feeding her. She's feeding him. He's feeding somebody else who's strapped to his ass. <laughs> that's that's it's fine. It's human centipede themed wedding. That's great. Now we're in the bathroom. Now we're in the stall. Now we're in the urinal. Now we're on the ground. Now, now we're, we're pointing at people down. who right. are in the uni- urinal. Right. The urinal. Things like that. I don't understand what kind of photographer this is. Which they, were they in a time crunch? Also, were they told by the other family that they can only take pictures of their side? Because I will say, I have been to a wedding with a photographer that was more interested in her friends who were at the wedding than mm-hmm. taking pictures of one person's side of the family. So it's actually not unheard of. These but this person was just specifically there, hired by the family just to take pictures of that family. Can you imagine sitting down with a photographer and be like, only take pictures of the following 16 people? No. <laughs> That's a lot of work. Did you like your wedding pictures? Did you have a photographer at your wedding? Did you believe we, in photography? We did. Uh-huh. And then we got our pictures a year after. <gasps> what? Why? I'm not allowed to talk about this. Oh, geez. Okay. We're not going to name names, but my God. Yes. Were they good when you got them a year later? Were they worth it? Sure. They were great. They were beautiful. Oh, wow. You are blink twice if somebody's holding you hostage <laughs> right now. <laughs> but you know what? I don't need a lot of pictures. Like, I, 
the the only wedding pictures that I think are really stunning are my parents' wedding pictures because they're in yeah, black and white. Vintage-y. They're bound. Yeah. Um, I mean, my mom looked like Elizabeth Taylor. Ooh, I'd like one of her weddings. She'd been married. Oh, I was like, how many times was your mother married? 25. It's just the natural. It's standard yeah, in Ohio. Fine. Well, I'm not from Ohio, but. <laughs> Where are you from again? Oh, God. I don't know. Oh, Chicago. Oh, I don't care. I know. <laughs> You're from the meth capital of the world. Are we now? I don't know. I just made it up. Now I it's assume out there. Every, every capital is the meth capital now. If I say it on a podcast, it's true. It must be real. It's got to be for real. For real. For real. Yeah. Um. I can't. <sighs> yeah, but my friend had an issue when he got his pictures back because she she took pictures of the majority of the people that she happened to know were at the wedding, and they were so disappointed when they got these pictures back. And it was like my grandmother is in none of these pictures. I think a lot of people don't know how to take pictures. It's like, okay, we're, let's take some pictures. Why don't you take your parkas off? Why don't you do the, like the point is is to make everyone look their best. Yes. Well, we have a lot of um what is what's like journalistic style photos of our wedding, which I love because I candidates? feel yes, like yeah. action, action which photos. Which are the best ones anyway. Uh but we we loved what they did with ours, but we you have to have like the standard posed pictures. It's the here's the family and right. everything like that. So you have those standard things. That doesn't really like a lot of that doesn't exist anymore now. It was much more no. formal, posed pictures, 1960s, right. 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah. But now it's more about photojournalistic style. That's the term I was looking for. Yes. Guerrilla photography. Yes. I want to see your worst moments at my wedding. I right. saw there's some really great drunk pictures of people at our wedding. And to be honest, I'll frame those before I'll frame any post pictures. I'm certainly happy that there were no pictures taken at the after party of our wedding. That's when the real fun starts. That's when, like, your drunk friends, you're like, excuse me, your friend needs to leave. Yeah, you're on hour 10 of drinking Bud Light. Excuse me, I just got married, and if my friend wants to shit himself on that chair in the middle of the bar, let him. Because I'm paying for it. Yeah. Damn it. Take a picture, and then ask me again in an hour. (laughs) And leave me the fuck alone. Because you know why? I'm married now. I am married. I am married. Marriage. Oh my God, I'm exhausted. I feel like it's time. Do you feel like it's time? To end your life? Well, before I do that, I want to do one thing. What's that? Listen to me. Listen to me. I want a record screech at the end of that one. Okay. Um, all right. It's time for listener mail. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know it, we are taking your questions and we are giving you some world wise, well, wisdom. We're giving you new school. What was my, what was my tagline? Well, must old be a school really great advice for new school remember. questions. Old. Yeah. One of those things, mm. but I'm very, very Genius. smart. Yeah. I'm very happy. Uh-huh. So, I am very happy. Questions at G. Questions at DearPodOfficial.com. She's on her Please way out. Please email us. She just pissed There it the goes. Floor. Do you smell something? Yep, there it is. Oh, God. I passed out a little. Okay. Yeah. All right. So email us your advice questions, and we will do our best to give you some shop answers from Ann and Abby. And this week, we have two questions. Are you prepared? Yes. Would you like to read the first one to me? And your answer, please, sir. I would like to go, I, I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to do in the reverse. Oh, okay. So. Let's be crazy. 
All right. Dear Pod, what skincare regimen do you recommend for summer? Sincerely, no, no, melanoma. Your answer? Survey says, um, just a, um, just a very simple okay. question. Yeah. Okay. For a very simple, you have a simple answer. Sure. Dear no, no. First things first, if you don't have a good night's sleep, no matter what you do, your skin will look like hell. I do know many stars who swear by making sure the makeup is off before bed. A certain someone I know likes to have a full beat before bed, just in case the Grim Reaper makes a visit while she sleeps. All I can say to that is, if you die in your sleep, the only person will see you is the medical examiner. My skin is really no different from any character in an Anne Rice novel. I'm a big fan of keeping out of the sun. I don't smoke and I drink plenty of water. The other key is to protect yourself with some sunscreen all the time. There was a time when my friends and I would sit in the sun for hours, making periodic trips to the ocean, and try to reenact the most recent Esther Williams picture. She was something. If only I could keep my makeup on like she did after performing all those stunts. But after a very serious sunburn, I hung up my swim cap and donned a large-brimmed hat and lathered my lobster-colored body with sunscreen. Who says you can't have fun in a kimono? <laughs> if it's good for my friends Charlie and Rodman, then it's good for me, kid. Your skid needs hydration and protection, not unlike my sister on a Saturday night. Ba-da! So find products that you will use and that don't irritate your skin and be careful of those chemicals. You don't have to spend a ton of dough to look like a million bucks. And another tip from one of my one of the extras on the MGM lot said consistency is key to a good regimen. She washes her face but doesn't scrub it like Joan Crawford does. Scrubbing ages your face and doesn't and does the exact opposite that you'll think you'll it'll do. If Joan only knew. They don't applaud you, but I will. That's fine. I'm going to applaud. That was wonderful. That's fine. That was a very, that was very smart. Very, um, Estee Lauder. Well, mine, mine is, goes in a little different direction. Are you ready? No. So the question, what skincare regimen do you recommend for the summer? Sincerely, no, no melanoma. No, no. Dear Yoko, no, no. Summer skincare varies depending on your skin type and sensitivities. I know for my skin, I put on a light coating of canola oil and sit on my chaise lounge for two and a half hours flipping halfway through. Some people prefer peanut or vegetable oil. It is really the preference of the sunbather. On the flip side, you may have skin like my jewels, who is technically translucent. On the average day, I can see his liver through his stomach. It works to our advantage when he had a polyp on his lower intestine and I saw it through his abdomen when he took his shirt off. So, if your skin type is the kind where we can see a circulatory system, I recommend SPF 350 and a sleeping bag zipped up to the top or a mortician. <laughs> Godspeed and happy baking. Man! You are so stupid. <laughs> but you love me, don't you? Uh, Ish. I, I have people in the room who are technically legally required to love me. So no one is actually legally required to love you. Uh, well, Jim is. No, he's not. Yes, the the, the courts say so. The, I don't think that's... that's why he's drinking right now at ten a.m. All right, question number two. Are you ready? Yes. Dear pot official, a friend of mine has come to me asking for my opinion as to what she should tell her sister about a question she asked her. Are you with me? My friend is in the process of planning her third wedding. 
Yes, she has been married two times before. She is planning her wedding for November of this year to be held in the woods on a trail in the middle of nowhere. Her sister has been arguing with her that she needs to postpone her wedding until at least February because she wants to get a breast enlargement before the wedding. The sister is presently a size double D and wants to be larger for the wedding, a triple F. She claims that her sister, the bride, owes her this because she was there for her when she had to have her anus bleached. <laughs> Pod official, please help. I have no idea what advice to give my crazy friend about her insane sister. Signed, thanks. Boobs and butts in Boise. <clears throat> Dear Triple B. I need a PowerPoint presentation to read your letter. A friend's sister, a boob job, a wedding in the middle of the woods, anal bleaching. This sounds like a pitch for the next film by David Lynch. But I will do my best to dispense wisdom for you to pass along to your friend's inbred family. You'd be surprised how often I get mail about a family member making someone else's wedding about themselves. It happened in my family. When I got married to Jules, a certain sister of mine, let's call her Flabigail Canned Urine, decided my dinner was the perfect time to tell her family she decided to go into the advice column business. What was supposed to be an event celebrating my impending nuptials quickly became about a two-bit backstabbing, money-grubbing, ladder-climbing ingrate of a horrible excuse for... Oh, God, wait, what was your question again? Oh, yeah, plastic surgery. If a person wants to get plastic surgery, far be it from me to judge. Lord knows I am leaving this world rocking a different nose than I came in with. But it should in no way affect someone else's life plan. Since the sister sounds like a nutter, I recommend your friend appeal to her vanity. She should calmly say to her sister, I totally understand your desire to take your chest from cassava melon to emergency flotation device. I think you will look fabulous and fill out that single strap drop waist taffeta dress I want you to wear on my special day. But why would you want to wait until February? The weather in November will be much nicer and give you the option of displaying your bodacious tatas to my many guests. If the sister does not understand that waiting until February is an option, not waiting until she, if the sister does not understand that waiting until February to have a wedding in the bowels of the woods, what is this, deliverance, is not an option, then your friend should tell her sister to triple F off and proceed without tits McGee. Her wedding date is her choice, no one else's. Godspeed. And might I get the number for your anal bleacher? I am definitely asking for a friend. Anne. Wow. Yeah. Haunted. Haunted. <laughs> Are we ready? I'm so ready for you. Dear Triple B. Oh, her aching back. I have a hard enough time lugging my Louis Vuitton handbag with my Chanel number no. five in it to the front hall table. I can't even imagine lugging FFFs along with it. <laughs> you know what FFF means, don't you? Falling, 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 because that's what she'll be screaming as she tips forward into the wedding cake with those triple Fs. Furthermore, the thought that an anal bleaching and breast augmentation are the same is re absolutely ridiculous. 
One is actual surgery with weeks, if not months, of downtime that can include complications. And the other is a very simple beautification process that takes about a half an hour. <laughs> yes, it may sting a bit, but as my friend at a very discreet salon in New York City has said, beauty is pain, and this is just a pain in the butt that won't last very long. In my opinion, the two are not the two are not equals, and the point is moot. Any friend that thinks that the two are one and the same isn't a smart one. Continuing, if you'll allow me, any bride that utters the sentence or begins with a trip to the woods on a trail in November should never end with wedding. And if such a plan were to be moved to February, you all would make a very impressive story on the local news. Missing wedding party, frozen to death in the middle of nowhere, and frozen bride, news at 11. <laughs> maybe my dear, my, maybe my book, Dear Abby, on planning your wedding can answer most questions any bride could possibly need to answer. A friend of mine recently found a copy in pristine condition online. In fact, feel free to put one in your cart. So let me sum this up for you. So you can rise to the occasion and set your friend on the right path. It is the bride's day. She only gets one or two. Or three. <laughs> or in the case of Elizabeth Taylor, Hilton, Wilding, Todd, Fisher, Burton, Burton, Warner, Fortensky, eight. She isn't planning anything out of spite. She's planning to her liking. Those are the breaks, kid. Just because the double D's to triple F plan is in your talks doesn't mean it has to be in, in play. Her sister should put aside her needs to allow her sister the day that she dreams of in the middle of nowhere, in the woods, on a trail. <laughs> That's all I've got. <laughs> That was wonderful listener mail. I want to thank you guys for reaching out to us. You give us so much joy. Please reach out and Please. touch us again. Gently, though. Please gently. Maybe with two fingers in my, my in mouth. In your mouth and, and one hand around your throat. My neck, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. And Slightly on New Jersey Transit. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Slightly losing consciousness. If anybody put their hand around my throat, I would instantly faint. I'd like to see that. Try it. I don't want to touch you was the sound of my fainting. We're going to start Mom. adding Foley into this oh. show because everybody loves sound effects. And speaking of sound effects, there's no good pivot for this at all. Yep. It's time for da, 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 Specialty Cocktail. The Specialty Cocktail. Throw it in your face and your get hammered. Right, my mother's here. My mother's here. Do you have to be this filthy, disgusting human being? Yes. Oh, okay, good. As long as we have that out. I love it when we always try Jim's juice in our mouth. <laughs> he just well, makes whatever he wants and just throws it down my gut. Tell me about it. That's marriage right I there. Yes. Whether you like was... it hot or cold, we'll take whatever Jim's given us. That was in our vows. It was. I'll throw it in my mouth. Just a steamy cocktail. Oh, this week's cocktail is called, in honor of the family theme, Pedigree Prunch. Oh, wait, let me do that one again. <laughs> this Pedigree week's cocktail Prunch. is called Pedigree Punch, and it was created by Ben Jeffrey, our senior mixologist of the famed Hakuna Hut and the Heart of Gold Broadway. And this week's recipe for the Pedigree Punch is three ounces watermelon puree, oh. one ounce light rum, one mm. ounce Lille Blanc, one quarter ounce lemon juice, one quarter ounce lime juice, Peychaud bitters, add ice and shake, pour into a Coke glass, garnish with mint, and a watermelon wedgie. I've had a wedgie. And it's not a delicious watermelon one, is it? No, probably Here at the, one later at the Maha'a Bar, all of our wedgies are watermelon. Mm. Well, I say cheers to you. Cheers to my family. 
cheers at for tolerating our insanity. And um, cheers to you listeners out there. So don't forget to follow us, rate, review, and subscribe. Dear Pod Official, across the board, email us questions at dearpodofficial.com. Is there anything else you want to pimp before you have a sip of your pedigree punch? I would say, everybody, feel free to reach out. Google Mariah Carey's Glitter album, which was peaking after 17 years. Google Mariah Carey, who peaked about 15 years ago and should be put back into the closet. And we'll just say to that is that Aaron knows nothing about Mariah Carey at all. But I do know everything about talent. Do you? And let me tell you, Ben Jeffrey is talented for making this cocktail because it tastes refreshing, light, summery, fantastic. Just like Mariah Carey's emotions. Anyway, flat, thanks for coming. Flat and talentless. Thanks for coming, flat. She's horrible. Horrible. There's so many other options. Listen to Whitney Houston.